0: Welcome to The Pilot Podcast,
1: where we watch the pilot episodes of TV shows to answer your question, should I watch this?
0: My name is Me Too.
1: And my name is BJ.
0: And this week, we're recapping the great year of television that was 2019.
1: So stay tuned to find out if you agree with Me Too's opinions on great television.
0: And you probably will, though I do apologize for my voice. I thought it would get better by now, and it has not.
1: But she will recover by 2020, so just be patient.
0: Yes, that's in the cards for me.
1: So what should we start with?
0: What were some of your favorite shows this year?
1: I would say there are four highlights for me this year. I really enjoyed Nancy Drew on The CW.
0: Oh yeah, you did.
1: I really liked The Mandalorian. It's great seeing Star Wars in a television series format.
0: It doesn't come as a surprise to our listeners that I didn't really watch much more of Mandalorian unless you or my partner were watching it in my home. But I did love the point you you made about the show, Beach, that in this series, we rarely step outside of the universe of these Jedis. And it's very cool that we follow someone who has a more simple role, like a bounty hunter. And it allowed us to explore this universe from a new perspective.
1: I'm glad you were able to appreciate it. And I hope you take that same mindset with you when you see the rise of Skywalker.
0: is baby yoda at least in that movie
1: no fine next on my list is a favorite for both of us but it made my list and not yours superstore
0: listeners as context bj allowed us each only five (laughs) i couldn't stick to five i had to do six so he in protest did four as though it would be horrible for us to have 11 shows instead of 10 all that to say i could not put superstore on my list
1: i'm doing you a favor listeners and my final show is the chilling adventures of sabrina i still love it.
0: What's most interesting to me about your devotion to that show is I've never seen you binge a show.
1: Yeah, it's the only show I will binge.
0: Listeners, that's a huge plug for that show from BJ.
1: And now that I have quickly and efficiently gone through my list of four shows, Me Too, how about you tell us your favorite shows of 2019?
0: I get it. I can be even more efficient with two added shows. So my favorite shows were Pose, Sex Education, Succession, Schitt's Creek, which we did a review of, 1015, which captured middle school angst, middle school music so perfectly, better than any show I've seen about that era. And the best show of the year, in my opinion, a black lady sketch show. It was so good. And I'm not sure how we missed it in our recording schedule. But oh, man, listeners, you need to watch that show.
1: It's so funny. And it randomly popped up on my YouTube recommendations, like clips from it. And now I have this whole new appreciation for that show.
0: It's so good. And it's especially funny for black women. Of course, it's written by black women starring black women but I think anyone can find it very very funny. It just is such a good show and injected some much needed life into the sketch show genre as did Sherman Showcase.
1: Exactly. You need variety in your comedy.
0: Yes which speaking of variety our listeners have recommended some incredible shows to us that I don't know that we would have watched or known about had they not put them on our radar.
1: Yeah so a series that turned out to be very popular which surprised us was Letter Kinney. How
0: did you feel about violence as a means of finding yourself?
1: It's not the best message. <laughs> <laughs> I do think you know you can look at it from another perspective. It shows that you shouldn't repress a part of yourself to make someone else happy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, a show about a small Canadian town that a couple of you recommended to us became one of our most popular episodes of the season, and we had no idea that the show existed.
1: And it had been a web series too, but we really liked the small town aspect, some of the Canadian influence, and it was really a surprising series, of the year
0: another show that we fell in love with was miracle workers that's when i learned that bj has the perfect answer to what would you do
1: if someone granted you a wish
0: channeling the creepy blue genie that
1: was will smith that lived in my nightmares last night that was not good cgi
0: if you had one wish to quote ray j what would it be
1: that i could do anything
0: That's a good one. That's a good one. Wow. I'm sorry. It's like building how good that was. Because mine is always infinite wishes.
1: That's a good one.
0: No, but that I could do anything. It's the same thing but without having me check in with some blue-skinned psycho every single moment of every single day.
1: I'm ready to make a wish at all times.
0: You don't got to get ready if you stay ready. And BJ, you stay ready.
1: Life lesson. And then we had a reimagining of a reboot of a childhood favorite for both of us, Carmen Sandiego.
0: Well, childhood favorite for you. I did not remember Carmen Sandiego as a young person.
1: You couldn't find her (laughs) in the world.
0: (laughs) I don't know why. We talked about this when we reviewed the episode. So many of my friends played Carmen San Diego, and I understand the reference of where in the world is she, but I don't ever remember watching her or playing the game. I just was, I think, so firmly in the Oregon Trail that I didn't have time to focus <laughs> on other things. I had to get my family out of there.
1: You were dealing with rattlesnake venom.
0: Cholera, rattlesnake venom, food rations. It was tough. It was a lot of pressure on a prepubescent child. I had a lot on my plate.
1: Will you make it across that river or will everyone drown?
0: And we made it, BJ. But it took a lot from me. So I didn't have time for childish pursuits like Carmen Sandiego. But we did end up liking the animated series.
1: This is true. But what you did have time for was discovering some new shows thanks to our podcast
0: two shows that I absolutely fell in love with through our podcast because we tried the pilot as we suggest to our listeners to do all the time and after reviewing I proceeded to binge both shows. First was Russian Doll which surprised me because I didn't expect to be so interested in the story. That's a sign of a good show, a good mystery show that you and I keep asking each, other's, each other questions and answering with questions like we're both Sherlock Holmes when we're both Watson in reality. This show made up it's watson and then first wives club again the music on that show was just flawless and that cast was so beautiful and we often talk about how there are too many reboots and remakes but this show captured the love and the heart of the movie first wives club but gave it such a new spin that it felt completely fresh.
1: That soundtrack really was a highlight.
0: Legendary soundtrack.
1: I would say two shows that resonated with me and I'm happy that we reviewed. First would be Ultraman. It was cool to see that Japanese aesthetic
0: And we got to watch it in Japanese because listeners, neither BJ nor I, thought to check for an English version. But I enjoy a subtitled foreign flick, so this wasn't too bad.
1: Yeah, and Ultraman is a Japanese property, so really, we are watching it in its original form.
0: Like a Yelper reviewing a Mexican or Chinese restaurant, we got the authentic experience.
1: Yes, that's the word I was looking for, authentic. That was a great superhero series that I had heard about before, but never actually took the time to watch, mostly because I didn't know of any English adaptations until Netflix brought this over. And I would say another series that I was happy to discover would be Batwoman. I mean, I was most likely going to give it a chance anyway, because superhero, CW.
0: Greg Berlanti.
1: It's a good combination for me. Batwoman was well done, and it is interesting.
0: And then we both fell in love with Southside. And we'll talk about this later, but we actually got to interview one of the co-creators of the show Diallo Riddle and we fell in love with Reef Break and we ended up getting to interview one of the actors on that show Melissa Bond
1: and that definitely made both of those shows more special because we were watching it and then we talked to them and we heard about things that went on behind the scene how they felt about it we tried our best to get hints about the future
0: (laughs) y'all BJ was pressing Melissa and she was so great and kind to us but oh man was she like I do not need abc coming for me because of these two kids pushing me on spoilers but nevertheless we persisted we needed to know what was coming next especially her character's arc specifically was so interesting on that show
1: regarding those secrets i have to ask we know that anna has a relationship is that going to be a plot line in the second half of the season um so it's there
0: (laughs) We don't want to get you in trouble. <laughs> I'm like,
1: yeah, like it's it's
0: in the show. It's definitely in the show. <laughs>
1: We were just preparing her for press tours, interviewers ask anything, so we just wanted to help her out. (laughs) So speaking of our interviews, this year was really when we got to see our podcast go in a new direction. Yes. Now we are not just talking about the TV industry, but talking to people in the TV industry.
0: One interview that meant a lot to me, we reviewed Mysteries Decoded and had some funny things to say about it, liked the show, and we didn't expect Jennifer Marshall slid into our DMs who hosts the show and joked with us right back Mm -hmm. remember we were like who wakes up you know with perfect curled hair or something like that and she DM'd us I'm just one of those lucky women who has great hair so sue me (laughs) and so I just thought that was so funny I love when people can give as good as they take and we had a great conversation with her and she ended up just motivating the hell out of us toward the end she's had such an incredible and very career. And I literally felt like I could do anything after our conversation with her.
1: Yes, we both grew as individuals after speaking with her.
2: Don't accept the narrative presented to you. When I was in high school, I had a very limited view of what was out there. I saw what was in my town, but I had a television. So I knew that there was more out there. I just didn't really know how to get there. I would say you are your only limitation. The sky's the limit. Stay in school. I say this with love. Don't have a child before you can afford it. I love my My children dearly, they came later in life because you have a lot of life to live before you you do that journey. And I would also say to women who say, Well, I can't, I I hear a lot of this, I can't finish my degree, I can't travel. You can do anything you want. It may take you longer, it may be a tougher road, but your kids will understand and they will love you for it. It took me five years to get my master's degree done in between adopting my children. No one ever has said to me, Well, how long did it take you to get your master's? Because it's irrelevant. And I had Circumstances other people don't have. So chase your dreams and know that sometimes it'll take you longer, but that's fine. That's okay.
0: Not saying this just because she was generous enough to join our show. Y'all, if you haven't listened to our interview with Jennifer Marshall, it's like Aeon LaFix My Life, but actually helpful. And it's just so motivating. She's just had such a fascinating journey in life and has found success in so many different ways and is a great lesson that you just have to keep working at things.
1: Never give up.
0: And she just kept stressing the point, you can do anything. And she's proof of that. She really has done everything.
1: I'd say another person who motivated us was Melissa Bond. She talked about how she's really put in the effort to master her craft. And that also inspired me something you're passionate about, whether it is acting or podcasting, and put in that effort to improve, get better, keep trying. We've been at this for a while. We've stumbled, we've improved, sometimes we don't have voices, sometimes our <laughs> mics don't work, but we keep going. And Melissa reinforced that same mindset in us, because in her career, we hear about some of her auditions that she's gone through and opportunities she's been able to achieve. And it was just really great to hear this genuine person tell us about her journey and see how things she's gone through mirrors things we've gone through.
0: And I can't help as a woman of color to be so inspired by her. It was just such a great conversation. And her interview is such a testament to that theory of you just have to keep working at something and. And you will master it.
1: And a special point is that she was our first interview ever. So we're always going to be very fond of Melissa. We were watching you through Olive Reef Break and we're still keeping up with you on Instagram.
0: When I edited the episode, I forgot how toward the end, she was just so genial that we just started chatting about some of our favorite shows and talking about reality TV. I remember recommending Drag Race to her and we were talking about Succession and she was just so cool.
1: You know who else was cool?
0: Diallo Riddle.
1: He was cool.
0: My fellow Hello, ATLian,
1: you two definitely bonded over knowing the party planner scene in Atlanta,
0: they're called Teams.
1: Oh, my bad.
0: I didn't know this didn't exist outside of Atlanta that much because I was hanging out with one of our mutual friends and I remember talking to him and a couple other people about teams. And I was like, you know, don't you remember there were teams in different zones, <laughs> which is so funny that we use police codes to designate areas. But I was just telling our friend, you know, you have a zone two party, a zone three party and they're teams like the zone four, zone six, and they represent these places and then they <laughs> put on parties and it's a bit competitive and you want to be the best best party promoter in the area. And it was so cool to have that connection with Diallo, because I've rarely been able to connect on that memory with people outside of Atlanta. He
1: understood and is even thinking about making it a plot point. And you've heard it here first, exclusive, because we might use this on Southside if we can figure out a way, because I got to do the research. I need to make sure Chicago has the party promotion teams as well, but... (laughs) We had a, a storyline where the number one party promoter in Atlanta basically he died, and his funeral was like the most well promoted funeral in the history. Like, it was basically like Freak Nick meets like a music festival because when he died, like the whole city had to come out. Like, the mayor needed to put in an appearance because he was the biggest party promoter in Atlanta. And that's the sort of absurdity that I think you can do on a character driven show like a South Side or hopefully one day on a spinoff because, man, that episode was so funny.
0: What are some shows that you'll miss?
1: All good shows come to an end eventually, Mm -hmm. some earlier than they really should. I'd say one show that I discovered this year and lost this year, Big Little Lies.
0: Oh, I didn't realize you liked it.
1: I appreciate it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's like when people say I love you and someone responds I got love for you.
1: Thank you you're so sweet.
0: Thank you is probably worse. Yeah Big Little Lies came to an end. I have some mixed feelings on that second season but it was such an epic show and I'll miss it.
1: So another show we reviewed this year with our good friend Jimbo from Pilots and Petards was The Good Place a big favorite for both of us and while it hasn't ended yet we are halfway through the final season and we're really gonna miss it.
0: I think it's good that it's ending now. It reminds me of a bunch of the CW shows that we watch that are ending now or have ended this year where they're at a good stopping place and they're cutting out at the height of it, but I'll still miss the journey of the show.
1: And then the final show we're going to miss was a new show this year, Deadly Class on Sci-Fi. That was a cool graphic novel adaptation and really unique characters and a fun concept that, I guess didn't resonate with enough people.
0: That one was fun. I was surprised by how much I enjoyed it. Me too. We watched it together.
1: And I was very surprised how much you enjoyed it.
0: Aw, Peach. Thank you. So, speaking of your trifling behavior. Excuse you? One thing that our listeners in their emails to us picked up on is the fact that you love a hypothetical. I do. And you love playing me with a hypothetical.
1: Not my intention.
0: When we talked about Doctor Who, you said that you would pick up the mantle of hero, and I want you to remember this uh-huh you said you would drop me off in the eye of the trouble and jet to another dimension so i couldn't reach you.
1: i also said i would come back for you when you are done with your mission
0: How do you know? You're in another dimension.
1: It's Doctor Who. You can call me, right? He's got a special TARDIS phone. Okay, Beach. We'll let our listeners decide.
0: BJ, what if someone is like, I'm at the top of Machu Picchu. I need you here ASAP. There are fire-breathing dragon aliens.
1: And I'd say, my friend Me Too is on her way.
0: I knew that was coming.
1: Let me drop her off. This is her area of Let me drop her off. (laughs) (laughs) Call me when you need me to pick you up, me too. I'm going to go travel into the future where you can't reach me. BRB.
0: Call me if you need me. I'm gonna travel to a time you can't reach out to me.
1: BRB How about the time when we discussed the good place when you very confidently, with no shame, told everyone <laughs> that you would get in over me?
0: Well, BJ, if anyone was listening a moment ago when you said you would drop me off in the middle of hell <laughs>
1: <laughs> to be a hero. <laughs>
0: Perhaps they would understand why I, within the framework of the good place and the point system, uh-huh. believe that I would get in before you. Do you think you would get into the good place over me if we're thinking of this comparatively?
1: Oh, no.
0: I really appreciate that. I also don't think you would have gotten into the good, <gasps> good <laughs> place <laughs>
1: It's competition. Ouch. I am not a bad person.
0: One hypothetical that we agreed on was in the show Evil, which is a bit trifling. That was our 100th episode. I didn't love that we had to watch a horror show for that one. Good timing. Yeah, good timing on your part to torture me. But we ended up loving the show and it got us thinking, where are places we would never want to exist? Because they live in these small towns and they keep discovering these dead bodies and they're like 10% murder rates.
1: That's why you'd never want to live in Riverdale.
0: No, I I don't know how there's still a town of Riverdale. They're all dead.
1: Or in that prison.
0: (laughs) Or in that prison or in that bunker.
1: (laughs) Or on drugs.
0: Or on that jingle jangle, whatever that stuff is called.
1: (laughs) So me too, I know I laugh at you sometimes, but it's really me laughing with you when you don't laugh like when you discover the meaning of the show title. That happened with modern love.
0: People often talk about getting to choose your family. A family is not just the people that you're biologically related to, but also folks that you share this deeper common bond with. And that's portrayed really beautifully in this first episode.
1: Yes, it's a more modern definition of family and love.
0: A modern love, yes!
1: Really, me too?
0: Is that why? No, don't, don't. Okay. Listeners, I think with Modern Love, that title, yes, it was a bit obvious, but I was so focused on the story. And what you all don't know is I like to read as much about the episode as possible. So sometimes I miss the forest for the trees. Mm -hmm. I read the article. The episode was based on, I read a few more articles to get a sense of the series. I watched the pilot episode with you, BJ. I read some reviews. I really got entrenched in it. So yes, I failed to take a step back and realize that it's about the modern love.
1: That also happened with the IT crowd. IT.
0: That information technology.
1: You figured out the pun.
0: Oh, the IT crowd. They're trying to be popular. I just thought the information technology crowd because they're IT professionals. It's both. Well, look at that. <laughs> I love a pun.
1: You do love puns.
0: The IT crowd, the IT crowd. I maintain that the IT crowd was not as easy a pun to spot.
1: What word is spelled I-T? That's all I wanted to say. So, Me Too, now it's time for our our biggest award of the year, our most popular show of 2019.
0: Yes, we just ran the numbers. Beach, let me know what was our most popular show on the pilot podcast that the listeners went up for in 2019.
1: Well, listeners, you loved I Am The Night from TNT the most.
0: So, True Crime Hive, (laughs) we're here. This is all the evidence I needed. BJ, we're doing more true crime shows more crime shows we may just do a series on first 48 we'll just have a great time doing crime dramas thank you listeners i feel like this is my award as much as it is chris (laughs) pines
1: Thank you, listeners. You have created a monster.
0: Unlike the monsters we'll be discovering together when I pivot us to a true crime podcast.
1: Can we be like Serial, My Favorite Murder, a true crime podcast in the first 48 hours? We just mash it all up.
0: get the ill SEO? I'm with it. I'm comfortable with that, BJ. You know I have no shame.
1: I have shame, listeners. Sure. You didn't sound very confident in that, sure.
0: You did want to saddle me with a baby in your little hypothetical for i am the knight
1: i was just asking you would you raise a child for a billion dollars very common interview question actually so if this distraught woman tossed a baby in your arms and said raise it and you'll get a billion dollars what would you do with the baby
0: i'll take it and, and i'll go to the police
1: Well, about the billion dollars?
0: Oh, you know what, though? If I drop that baby off at the fire station or with the police or whatever, and then turns out 18 years later, whatever family took that baby and got a billion dollars, oh, I'd be sick. (laughs) I would be sick. And So now I'm thinking, is it worth it to just sit with this kid for 18 years (laughs) just so that is confirmed on 18 years and one day whether or not I get this money? If I do, great. If I don't. Oh, I guess I love it at this point and I have to put it through college. So it's going to end up costing me so much money. Oh, no. (laughs) This was a horrible decision. All right, BJ. Well, it's been a long year. (laughs) but filled with very good TV. Y'all, I know I'm not the only one after the impeachment hearings this week that's felt like I've aged 10 years in this one year. But this year has also been filled with fun, bright, challenging, funny, interesting television. It's been an incredible year for TV, especially TV from creators outside of the typical show creators that we usually see. So I just love that we get to do this, BJ. I
1: agree. And I feel like we have a lot to look forward to 2020. There's always going to be new shows, but we're going to see what Apple TV Plus and Disney Plus and HBO Max will have to offer next year. Streaming is going to be even bigger.
0: Which reminds me to let you know that we might be changing our format a little bit to accommodate for all of the amazing new television that's gonna be coming next year. So get ready for that. And of course, keep sending in your listener recommendations. We are slowly making our way through the list. We had a lot of TV pop up on us this fall, but we're getting back to that list. And we are so excited to learn more about what you're interested in us watching because like we said on this episode, we've discovered some amazing television thanks to you all
1: exactly and if you want to hear more than just clips subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to just check out our website dpilotpodcast.com and you'll see a whole list of lots of great reviews
0: and you can follow us on twitter and on instagram at the pilot pod you can send thoughts feelings suggestions your top shows in 2019
1: four or six
0: however many you'd like <laughs> i don't believe that anyone should be restricted to any number
1: no more than 10 that's a lot.
0: You can do more than 10. We have some time this winter to catch up on TV to askthepilotpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.
1: Bye. Happy New Year. See
0: you next year.
1: Hey listeners, we hope you enjoyed this special clips episode and you enjoyed listening to the pilot podcast in 2019. We wanted to give you a quick announcement. Me Too and I will be taking a short break in early January, but you'll get the return of the pilot podcast on January 23rd, 2020 and we'll be back with a slightly new format so you can enjoy weekly episodes of The Pilot Podcast. Thanks for listening!